This icon is racist. I have never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, The problem is that pinky. I will never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Greetings and salutations all the way from Parktown at the Sunday Time Studios. We are here with our politics team, fresh from elections. Fresh may be the wrong word in this case. <laughs> I think we're all a bit battered and broken after a week of intense storytelling and running around just trying to cover these, what's arguably one of the biggest elections in South Africa. I'm joined by my colleagues here, Zingisa Mvumbu, Kwanita Hunter, Apiwit de Klerk, and Zemase Matewane. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um, I know everyone's a bit tired, but let's see if we can give South Africa a bit of some insight into what happened um, over these past elections. And do our country duty. Yes. <laughs> Even though the president did give a declaration to say we all should take a holiday. Absolutely. <laughs> that was... That and was unfortunately, I don't, think, I don't think the president knows what we have to go through in a newsroom. <laughs> Especially with his party where the shenanigans just does not stop. Um, we're going to be talking about the ANC now. I think unsurprising that the party had taken... Um, uh, eight of the nine provinces, they will be governing be in all of them besides the Western Cape. But I think the interesting part here is that the issue is, is the issue of the split vote. Now, I was doing some number crunching on Saturday evening just before the final results came out. And it was at around 99% at the time. And there was an interesting trend here. So that the, the ANC, firstly, let's talk about this. Um, they dropped in their national support and in their provincial support in all provinces. So they've suffered declines in every single province um, that they've contested. And then secondly, if you look at some of the numbers, uh, provincially versus nationally, for instance, like in KZN, um, about 1.9 million people voted for the ANC in the province and about 2 million people voted for the ANC nationally. This was a trend that we saw throughout all the provinces where um, people had costed a vote for the ANC provincially but more people had costed to vote for the ANC nationally. And there were some massive um, differences. Like in Kauteng, for instance, um, there were about 250,000 people um, which saw the difference between pro uh, province and, and national. So more people in Kauteng voted for the ANC on a national scale than they did in the province. And this is an ongoing trend throughout all the provinces. For example, let me give you another province here. Um, like in the Eastern Cape, for example, one, about 1.3 million people voted for the ANC in the province. Um, but about 1.4 million people um, voted for the ANC nationally. So we can see this, this massive split um, between the ANC's um, support in the province and the ANC's support national. And I think the big question is, um, Ace Magashule may argue that this is a collective, um, it's, it's because of the ANC's collective leadership that got them these votes. Other people like Fakile Mbalula will say, no, it's because of the president. Is it because of the president? Was Did he have an effect um, on the ANC's provincial versus national vote. Uh, Who's going first? Uh, Everybody wants to. I'll, I'll, re <laughs> I'll, I'll repeat this point, especially when it comes to Gauteng. I don't know one person would ever go out of their house just so they can vote for Makura. No. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying it's not that popular. It's not uh, like. Yeah, when you ask for an interview, you must play. But but you know of people who would walk, wake up and go and vote 
just so, just because it's Ramaphosa who's running. You see what I'm saying? And it would be true in other provinces. I'm sure even uh, in Ngobo where the premier candidate of is the from. Eastern Cape is from, no one will wake up and go and vote for Oscar, but they will go and <laughs> vote for Ramaphosa. Yeah. 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 But and you know that town is famous. Okay. No. Yeah. But you see, I mean, it's... it's uh, it's, it's pretty much obvious that uh, you know many people uh, you know who, who voted for the ANC nationally it's because of the Ramaphoria, if I may put it that way. Um, it, it it was expected. Hence, I'm shocked when the likes of uh, Ace Mahashul are disputing it because the ANC's own internal research, uh, you know, since parties were doing their own researches on how they were going to fare and the factors in terms of their popularity. Uh, it revealed that their president was more popular than the party. So you'd expect that, indeed, uh, many people voted for him. But how do you uh, know that translates to votes? Because, I mean, he got below 60%. If we were to look at that logic, then he should no, have got... No, a, no, but no it's you not the same. Th- th- there are more people who voted for the ANC nationally. National. Because than they could probably. see his face on the ballot, but, you see? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember no. if, you, if you are an ANC supporter, if you are a diehard ANC supporter, yeah. what informs you to not vote for the ANC in a province, in right? Province, yeah. Yeah. But So it's his popularity, f- that is a tested thing. Because the argument that Ace Mahashule and, and, and the Wenzani Brigade are saying mm-hmm. Wenzani 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 <laughs> Brigade can you see I'm tired um, is that oh he should have gotten above 60% he should have gotten a two third majority the ANC was on a steep decline yeah everyone could predict that mm. the fact that he that, that the ANC's decline was was sort of halted at 57% is enough to show that people bought into this thing the of Rama the new Foria. dawn or, the, or this renewal thing. People mm. bought into it. Obviously, it's a matter of time to see whether it was, you know, they were sold a pipe dream. But if you are a voter that's frustrated at the ANC, you frustrate, like, say, say if you're a voter from KZN and you can see what's happening in the ANC in the province and you can see that the ANC just doesn't have your interests. And so, but, but you're not, you're voting for the IFP in KZN, but you're not voting for... I think I think it's easier. Okay, I think it's easier for a traditional IFP voter to vote for the IFP in KZN, so that uh, the IFP can be official opposition in the legislature. But they know Buteles is not going to be president of South Africa, so they'd rather give their vote to the ANC. We've seen it happen over a long period of time. I I refuse to associate it with Ramaphosa. I think it's a trend that's always been there. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it depends. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, but, but, I don't think but, the numbers but, but, on, of a split vote were, were not these type of numbers. But, 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 these are, but, but, these are significant on, numbers. On this one, uh, I truly believe that the reason why they, the numbers are like this is because of Tumami. Yeah, but it, it's, it's unfortunate that it's misguided because uh, that's not, we, we don't, we're not a state whereby, uh, you know, the president has got sweeping executive guys, powers. That's the guys, very unfortunate you know, part. You know, for a lot of people to vote for the ANC nationally, it's, it's, it's very easy. Yeah. Because Even Zuma years, you think, it, you think, do you, you buy into this thing of, of what, what, or, or do you disagree with Mbalula when he was saying, if things went differently in Nasdaq, we would have gotten to 40%. That's what our research is telling us. Um, you know, you know, when, when we go into elections, there is this, especially here in South Africa, there is this thing already in your head that 
The ANC is going to win. The president is going to come from the ANC. I can vote for the ANC nationally. But if I want change in the province where I live, I must make an informed decision then. It's, it, you see, people look at it as if you're wasting your vote if you vote for ACDP nationally because ACDP is He's not going to be government. Yeah, but, so I'm saying, oh, 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 fine. Which province are they going to be government? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, okay, cool. Ramaphoria may have been there, but there's also that advantage of being the president of the ANC and people refusing to waste their vote by voting for someone who is not going to be president. Yeah, I get you. Absolutely. And, and and I mean, just to agree uh, with Zuma's to a certain degree, but I'm still standing, Ramaphosa <laughs> is the one. But you are right, because, because people vote. For instance, me, the other thing that disturbs me is when people compare uh, performance in local and, and, and national. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, because, in, for instance, in local uh, government, people vote, the, the people's voting is very different mm. and what influences them, because it's about basic service delivery at local level. If you Let know me. who's going to give you that you vote for them not because it's the ANC let me know. let me give you an example there's a story that I did in in the last local government elections in in an area that I won't mention where the current the the councillor candidate of the ANC IFP supporters it's it's a IFP stronghold but that word was was under the ANC and IFP people were saying this is the guy that we want is the guy that we trust fine he doesn't come from the ifp but this is the person that we believe will help us in terms of development so they voted for the anc it's not trusting the ANC, it's trusting that particular guy so i'm just trying to say that it's the decision to vote is informed by a whole lot of issues especially the national vote okay. let's move on very quickly to another big issue well, this is post-elections now, and this is after the ANC's NEC um, on Monday had decided on some of its premier candidates. In the Eastern Cape, we have uh, Mr. Oscar Mabuyane, Free State Sisi Ntombela, Gauteng David Makura, no surprise there, KZN Sisi Zikalala, no really surprise there as well, Limpopo Stan Matsubate, Mpumalanga, Rafilwe Mswini, and Northern Cape Samani Sal. And I think the big contestation here is this... Um, the ANC's um, 60% policy or the 50-50% policy when it comes to premiers. Um, the NEC further agreed that in provinces where premiers are men, then at least 60% of the provincial executive councils must be constituted by women. There must be. There was also another consensus that in instances where the premier is a woman, there shall be at least 50% 50-50 representation in the executive councils. Um, what do we make of this uh, policy, guys? Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, that 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 policy of theirs is going to uh, it's going to cause them a lot of troubles. But uh, I think Vumbo is uh, is our foremost expert on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm not an expert, but but you see, I mean, me what perturbs me first about the ANC, ANC likes cutting corners. Uh, for instance, ANC always sings about this gender balance parity. First of all. Uh, one like me, I would like to, you know, say think that the NC is is shooting themselves in the foot. You know, uh, first of all, why if that is the thing, why can't they make this a constitutional policy that even in terms of the election into ANC structures, this must be the thing? Because now you just want to parachute people. I'm sorry to say it. It's not like I'm undermining women, but I believe that everyone, when given an opportunity, 
they have a chance to 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 present themselves but you see this policy doesn't really apply when they uh, you know most of these uh, provincial executives of the ANC the top fives there you'll find that there's one female because that policy is not enforced from that level and then now all of a sudden you just want to parachute your people to the top to the executive uh, because you want to to balance gender so that is where i i believe the ANC is cutting corners and that is where i believe that some of these people who will end up making it to top position will be people who don't necessarily have experience be it politically or even in governance and then you have weak government that can actually work in against ANC in the future so i think the ANC has got to review how it approaches these things holistically in terms of the gender parity balance you can't just uh, you know wake up after every eve of the election and only think then about balancing uh, gender when it is not culture within the organization in terms of how people are elected into structures so that's just my opinion yeah and and you have you have the gender parity uh, challenge you also have the the youth challenge because uh the the young lions uh, they want to be in government also and uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know if they are ready uh, instead you see the likes of uh, zigalala being paraded as as young people in in the anc because they are graduates of of the youth league okay cool fine uh but they <laughs> they are not under 35 you know and i I, I know, for example, that in, in KZN, there's a huge uh, push to have young people in the executive. So that's that's also another challenge. And you also still have people who are saying, well, I've been serving the NC, I've been serving in government. Uh, I'm also ready to be MEC. You know, I'm 50, but I'm also ready to be MEC. So it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge. So m- my point with, the, with this issue with the women is that you can't have a party which is a... A women's league that is one of their roles is to drive uh, such policies mm-hmm. being as weak as it is now mm-hmm. and it, it, you must oh, but look what do you mean the women's league is weak ah, is it strong oh, stronger than other women's league i've seen before but Definitely. but but, but is it strong in terms of pushing for policy that advocates mm-hmm. for women or is it strong in terms of batabile and those girls wearing the the ugly uniform and filling stadiums there's a difference yeah. Wait, my, my point was that, and I will show you how they are not strong. Mm-hmm. And they've never been <laughs> strong, you must emphasize that. Yeah, so that's, that's, always, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's always been uh, my point that you look at all ANC structures and see uh, the women being represented there. It, they're not there in powerful positions. You don't find women as secretaries uh, of provinces. Which you don't find uh, them being chairpersons of provinces. And it's a primarily because the ANC Women's League, and I made this point about uh, when we were talking offline about the ANC Youth League of Julius Malema and Figile Mbalula, how that transition happened. You found people that they call the Young Lions now that had then gone on uh, to inherit uh, powerful position while they were still young in the Eastern Cape. You you had Oscar Mabuyani in um, in in KZN, uh, which you is a very Sikhe. important uh, province. You had in, Sikhe. Sikhe. Uh, in in Western Cape. Uh, well, it's a pity that they, they put that guy there um, who, who lost the province as a secretary. Mjongile, and because there was a a plan to say we are young as young people. These are our ideas. We are taking over the party. Now this is a youth league. In the youth league, there are women. So if a women's league says 
this is our ideology every structure where there are women we want to be represented don't you think by uh, by now hmm. you would have strong candidates for a secretary uh, general of the ANC who's a woman for a president of the ANC who's a woman but because the, the, they, but they, they're the not legacy. strong enough it's yeah that's the legacy of the Premier League Zuma years is that we collapsed uh, you know, structures that played a very important role mm. in unseating uh, the status quo in the past. Example, the youth league and their relationship in unseating Mbeki. And, and, and you, you then, you, 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 the same instrument you used to fight political agendas, you, the women's league and the youth league, you weakened it to a point where it can only exist based on your kindness as the, as the incumbents. And so if you look at the youth league now, People are being parachuted without no constituency. If you look at the fees must fall, yes, they can speak well, um, the fees must fall activists. <laughs> yes, they can speak well. But what constituency do you demand? Really, yeah. what constituency do yeah. you demand? Number one. Some Number of them can't even speak well. No, no. But that's a topic for another day. But, but also the, the other thing is your understanding of structures. And that's why it becomes then so easy to say, we put you there, we can take you out. The same yeah. thing with women leaders. Yeah. So this decision on Monday night by the by the um, ANC Special National Executive Committee was supposed to be this kind of revolutionary you know, effort to enforce gender parity. But what you are doing then is that you are incapacitating women to say, you must be at the behest of the men yeah. who are in charge. Yeah. Because if you're saying all women must be speakers, effectively that's the ceiling for women. women yep. The women mm. should have rejected that thing, eh? The, yeah, the but they, they don't they understand. Do. You don't understand it because as a woman, you're saying, no, 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 we only have two females. The Northwest, you must go back and find a woman candidate. I'm just using that mm. as an example. Mm. But the reality is, as a woman organization, you have to realize we have no strong candidates there. Every <laughs> woman who's going to be who's going to be pushed into that position of premier in the Northwest is going to be, not by herself, not by her choice, but by design, become a proxy of a man. Yeah, that is true. And, and, and what's going to happen is that there are going to elections in that province uh, sometime this year uh, as, a, as, a, as the ANC. Whoever emerges there, uh, if it's not the woman candidate uh, that they place as a premier, then the, that premier... Uh, is going to have problems with the structure. Okay, I think we're just going to have to see what happens in the case of the Northwest. Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's argumentative only on Times Live Motoring. Welcome back. Let's go straight into National Assembly. The ANC managed to garner 230 seats um, in the sixth parliament that's about to sit next month. Um, this is down from, I think, 249 mm -hmm. the last time. So they've seen a bit of a drop in their national support. Uh, the DA is sitting at about 84 seats. And the big story here, the big success story, is the EFF. 
Now with almost double the amounts of seats that they have, with 44 seats in parliaments, the IFP has seen a bit of a resurgence, most of their votes coming from KZN, um, with 14 seats in parliament. And another interesting factor, the Freedom Front Plus, um, now with 10 seats in parliament. I think from the national scale, we also have to go down into provinces um, because I think we were all sitting on Saturday keeping our eyes on just one section of the vote, and that was Gauteng, because it kept going from about 50 down to 49, mm. to 51. <laughs> it kept looking like Jesus was coming back. I said this thing that uh, the president, the former president, uh, JZ, was right when he said Tito was at George because clearly the home is here that Jesus just and, and waves at Makura <laughs> and then he goes back in. <laughs> no, let's start, let's start the national. Imagine if you are Makura, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder yeah. if he slept on Saturday. Oh, do I have a job? I do I not have a job? I, I, could, I couldn't sleep on Friday and I was no. just a journalist. So, yeah, him. And there was a, there's a, a, a girl who's now made it to the sixth administration as an MP. She was really low down the list. Mm. She was at a point, at some point she was biting her nails. <laughs> just be like, like, because she was at number 36. Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, yes, yes. So so it was just the most hilarious thing to watch because people were like, yeah, it's tough out there. But anyways, the ANC has made it uh, with exactly one seat majority. <laughs> so I think we all sort of knew at the beginning that the ANC would win these elections um, just by how much we did not know at the time. And just looking at these figures from the National Assembly, before we dive into the provinces, 230 seats um, with the EFF's sort of 44. If the ANC and the EFF decide to come to a working relationship here, we might see some massive changes in Parliament. Guys, it's what the do you same think? as the past. Yeah, actually. It's so not it's any different. So the ANC's major, uh, uh, loss in seats compensates for the EFF's uh, gain in seats. So together they have the same amount of seats that they had in the, in the fifth administration, right? Yeah, uh, I think around the, yeah. they are exactly. It's exactly the same. Yeah, and then wh- what you are saying, it it may happen. It will depend what the AFF has to trade with. But the previous parliament, they told them that we want uh, expropriation without compensation. We have we can change the constitution now. Mm. This is the two thirds, and you all know how that uh, that 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 went, and it resulted to the DA running uh, municipalities here in Gauteng and in Tswane because during that, that, that talk about coalitions and stuff uh, Julia says they brought it up that we have the numbers, the condition is that you guys expropriate and uh, they were told where to get off so uh, whatever. But land really was the big issue I think of this election it's more than mm-hmm. race politics I don't know if, if, if you guys will agree with me because um, the, the Freedom Front Plus was really you know honest about the appraisal of why they had an increased uh, support base. They've almost tripled their support compared to the past. They had four seats, they now have 10 seats. They've also gotten seats in provinces where it's unheard of. Of course. Did they have seats in the, in the, in the Eastern Cape before this? No. No, no. And no. now they have a seat Yeah, in they do. Cape. Actually, they are <laughs> most represented. They, they made it to the Eastern Cape. Yep. Yeah. Oh. The only place where they don't have seats is, is KZN. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and and the thing is that they are they their own analysis is that it was the land question, um, and that they they say that they their stance on 
you know, uh, anti uh, amending the constitution or anti expropriation found resonance not only in the white community but also they say in the brown community, <laughs> whatever <laughs> the brown community is. But anyways, they were talking about the coloured community. So. Um, the rise of the Freedom Front Plus was something people got onto quite quickly because people were shocked because uh, the Freedom Front Plus does not represent the is is representative of a tiny grouping of South Africa, a tiny minority, and so it's interesting to see that their support has actually grown. Because before we get into the bigger parties, let's look at some of the smaller parties. Um, the UDM has looked uh, has taken a massive knock. Um, Cope down to two seats in Parliament. Good has emerged, uh, Patricia Delos' party has emerged from the Western Cape with two seats. And um, ATM um, <laughs> has it to call it Jimmy Money's party. Um, <laughs> it's, not Jimmy's <laughs> it's not Jimmy Money's party, but I think he's become the sort of face of it, or the person we all refer to. And they've come around with two seats as well. So we've seen a bit of a change at the bottom. What do you guys make of this? Is this uh, sort of um, so people who didn't know who to really cast their vote for, sort of looking at the smaller parties at all, as an alternative? You know, I mean, w- one thing I realize is that uh, small parties generally uh, have lost in that regard. You know, uh, the, the new ones that are coming in have actually chowed on, on, on small parties. The APC of Tembagodi is out of parliament. Uh, PAC is hanging there by the thread with one seat. They, they've made a comeback. They went the, the previous one. Who? The PAC. No, the, they, they were, were there. Were they? they? No, they oh, were there. The the president. President. They were there. They were there. They, they had a seat. They had one seat. The only were they? Yeah. Yeah. No, in this uh, one, they had a seat. The only party who, that who was their representative? That guy that was there with Ramaphosa in in, in the bar. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So. that I missed them. <laughs> but Al Jamaa didn't have a seat in the last one, and they, they got they, a seat. I told you about Al Jamaa. What I'm trying to say I mean, is that I, I think the small parties in Parliament need to find a way to make their voice ahead more because it means that people really didn't appreciate it. I mean, I don't know because you would have hoped that someone like Cody who has done steering work at Scopa yeah. would have earned the seat, but seemingly that was not enough. Maybe politically they don't do that much to convince their voters. So it is very unfortunate that guys but, like Cody are not coming w- w- back. One person that was hard done by the voters is Tlomama. That guy was yeah, Bokar. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we maybe think about that probably uh, the trend in South Africa is that undecided voters vote for smaller parties. So there's no loyalty at all with smaller parties. Yes. That it's, a, it's, a, it's a swinging, it's a, it's a revolving door even. So you go in, you can come out uh, at the bottom of the rank, um, you know, for example, uh, you know, the National Freedom Party w- made significant gains in the f- in the last round, right? Yeah. And now they know it, it was their first election. Eh? Mm-hmm. It was their first election, and now they. Yeah, but I think their problems are, uh, are, are more to do with what had um, first the decision by their leader to accept. Uh, the cabinet posting or the the posting as a as a deputy, a deputy minister, and secondly, what then uh, it was painful the uh, the fact that uh, health took a, a wrong turn and whatnot. So you have someone who had been popular as a leader of that party and who had been recognisable and whatnot, not not being there at all, mm. um, not going that like you would expect uh, with the. UTM where you would only see Olomisa with mm. the AFF you see Julia and all of so she 
for me, she was the most recognizable person as the face of the party and then when she's not there either because of duties as a deputy minister or because of her ill health i think that uh, really really tended uh, but hang in 2014 was obviously this rising star and this you know considering the drama that happened with hang was an offshoot of the da of some sorts so i i i'm just trying to think in some way i'm just trying to think some way that isn't the perhaps the support for atm and good that similar voted pattern to say we vote for the new kids on the block that have recognizable names attached to them and then the next election we try someone new. See, the other uh, trend that I realized, I mean, the, you know, I, I know perhaps I'm, 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 I'm being extra here, but there's also a tendency of regional uh, voting in South Africa that I think hasn't been pondered enough that much. For instance, when you check most of the EFF vote, the EFF is dominant in the northern provinces, uh, being northwest, uh, Limbobo, they've even grown in Bumalanga uh, this time around, yeah, and, and Gauteng, and, and that is where, in terms of, you know, tribal lines, uh, you find people who associate with the EFF leadership, uh, being Julius, who is a Mopedi from Limbobo, uh, Floyd, who's a Shitsonga fellow from uh, Limbobo as well. So you see that trend as well. I mean, ATM as well, most of their leadership, in fact, and its birth is rooted in the Eastern Cape, and most of their votes uh, came there as well. But then it's not so conclusive because, I mean, the EFF even uh, increased their vote in case of 10, although there's no effect of yeah, I mean, from 70 to 300,000. So it was, was uh, quite interesting. EFF. EFF. Yeah. They clobbered or they were clobbered? They, they clobbered. Let's talk more about the EFF here as we get into our bigger parties. The EFF has now cured about, I think it was about 1.8 million votes, bringing its support base to about 10.78%. And this is from 6.35% in 2014. Now, out of the 48 parties that were on the ballot paper, the EFF, I think they had sort of enjoyed the most overall growth in their party. At a provincial level, what's interesting is that the EFF is now the official opposition to the ANC in Limpopo, Mpumalanga and Northwest. I think after a very successful campaign <coughs> up to now, I think the EFF has done quite well. And we um, they're, they're becoming a bit more of, I think, they're, they're really changing the face of everything that we thought. We didn't think. I don't. I don't think we ever thought that they would be sitting at the as the official opposition, in in three provinces, nonetheless. In northwest, we expected. I think yeah, they, they were. They, they yeah, were. They and Limpopo, yeah. they were. And and Limpopo, Pumalanga, ish, yeah. Eh, that was quite a surprise. That was not a total surprise, but you. Because the margin was so very big. Yeah, but you you can see how much it reflects how much they had been working that province. Um, I think the other thing, um, you must look at the previous opposition, uh, uh, official opposition party there, because it too was on a decline this election. So I'm not sure how much of that uh, overall decline of the DA. Shows the growth of the... Uh, yeah, in, in Mpumalanga to be specific. Uh, but yes, uh, we're going to have a lot of noise in parliament this time around. <laughs> but I, I think, I think... If you look at the at the at the parliamentary numbers, I think that in the past provincial legislatures, besides probably like your Gauteng, maybe or the Western Cape, it really wasn't a hive of opposition, especially in a in a province like maybe Limpopo, um, you know, for, to a large degree even uh, Northwest and Free State and the Free State. It's because the the ANC had such high numbers in terms of their majority that 
it, the opposition could not really, you know, have, play an effective role as an opposition, let alone as trying to, to, to become the majority party. But I think that has changed quite a bit. Um, you know, if you look at KZN, KZN, ANC um, has suffered 10%, a 10% reduction. So of 80 seats, the, 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 the ANC only has 44. And so as a result, you will be for, it will, this, this reduction in the majority will force the opposition to step up, but also really put um, the majority party in ANC um, under immense pressure to deliver and to actually perform because they see that voters are not as um, sentimental as they probably were. And, and I mean, Gauteng is the, the, the really the test case because you have you have a one seat majority, majority anything can go wrong and i do think that um this is good for democracy yeah it, it is really good for democracy Q. um look uh, the case i will make uh, is that of the eastern cape where you had the eff and their members not being allowed to attend sittings uh, over an issue that was resolved at national level about uh, stupid thing like uh, overalls so because it's just the two of them, uh, no, it, nothing happened. So, But they have four now. Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is mm. things like that will not, uh, s- such things will not uh, happen in a province like uh, Pumalanga, mm-hmm. uh, in a province like Gauteng, because there is a vibrant uh, opposition. Uh, it's not just the EFF. Uh, you will have the DA also fighting. You will have, uh, you see what I'm saying? And they won't just do as they please the ruling party, even on stupid things like telling someone out, oh, but you, you must not come here with overalls. What does that have to do with anything? Especially when at a level like the National Assembly, you, you allow people to, you see what I'm saying? So aside from that, I'm, I'm, I'm just showing you with, with such a small thing. With real issues now, when people are crying out for service delivery to say you are not delivering, when people uh, want to hold uh, the executive into account, you have more people, uh, um, not just uh, an ANC caucus that is just strong arming everyone. Yeah, you know, with, with the AFF growth, what I would like to see this time around, uh, you know, especially in provinces, is is what sort of impact are they going to make? A real impact. Uh, nothing political. I mean, because we would remember that most of the time the EFF, be it in the National Assembly uh, and even in, in provincial legislatures in the previous administration, that was until the resignation of Zuma, most of their you know, work was around the individual that was Zuma. Now is the time. I mean, they really got to do real stuff like pushing for land expropriation without compensation towards the end of the previous administration. But this time around, uh, they start from scratch, you know, right from the beginning. They have to push policy. We will have to see what kind of policies are they going to push for, particularly in Gauteng. You know, because Gauteng is, is going to be quite interesting because any vote can swing either way. One or two ANC MPLs absent, uh, you know, it can go either way. So, you know, and the FF has been quite smart in how, although they are not the majority, they tend to get their way in terms of how policies are, are swung, you know, in, in, in these uh, uh, lawmaking houses. So that's what I want to see with the EFF, not only in the National Assembly, but in provinces as well, in terms of the real impact in policy making that they are going to make now that they have increased numbers. And the ANC made this analysis themselves to say that probably why they were spared in this election from a real 
uh, assault and their support was because opposition parties looked more at them than they looked at them, that they presented their own pictures, um, I mean, their own ideas. And, and that's probably uh, the, the fault of the DA in this elections. Um, and so that's how they sort of understood with as to why they were given this respite and why many people voted for for Ramaphosa and not voted for the party per se. Mm, we'll get into that and spread vote now, Zimasa. Um, on 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 the issue of of growth of opposition parties, uh, particularly to hold you know the governing ANC to account. Uh, some of the conversations that I had with the 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 leader of the IFP, <coughs> the the premier candidate of the IFP in Guazulu Natal, Mr. Shabisa, and the premier candidate of the DA, Zwakete Mwango, was that uh, well, of course, the IFP is happy about uh, getting back their of- official opposition status, and. The DA, although they lost that status, they are still happy and excited because they managed to grow in places where the DA did not exist anymore, specifically in the in the in the northern KwaZulu Natal. So they were saying that we have been dealing with a majority ANC that is arrogant and basically looks out for the ANC in the legislature, not the people. So now that we have the IFP, the DA, and the EFF. Three of them having enjoyed so much growth, um, despite us not having been in government, we're looking forward to going there and you know telling the NC where to get off. Mm. I'm talking about the DA up here. We're talking to you and your party because we all know that you voted for the DA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I did not. I did not. <laughs> you can no, look no. at my thumbs. They are not blue. <laughs> now, for the first time since 2004. Um, the DA is going to see a, its continuous growth trajectory taking a knock. Um, the, the, the DA, which has enjoyed a growth in, in national support of between 4 and 6% every election over the past 15 years, um, lost about 1.5% of its voters as compared to 2014, which is, which is sort of a, a break in its constant growth trajectory. Um, but rather unsur- unsurprisingly, the DA emerged victorious in the Western Cape with about 1.1 million views, which left them at about 55%, um, almost double that of its nearest competitor, which was the ANC. Um, but however, both parties um, suffered a decline in support in the province as compared to 2014. Up I think the big question now about the DA is, and with their own internal politics um, sort of stemming from this, what is going to happen to Musi Maimani? If anything at all, yeah, I can't. I, ca- I can't tell you. I, I can't give you an, an answer on this one. But as soon as it was clear that the DA was losing support uh, by Friday already, actually, um, I had a conversation with one of their leaders by Thursday, and uh, uh, they were saying, as things look, heads will roll, um, because. They go to an election where they want uh, to increase their support nationally, firstly, mm. but also they want to force the ANC below 50 and take over yeah. Gauteng. Instead, the opposite happens. Yeah, yeah. So o- obviously, there are people who are ready with knives. Mm. Uh, uh, so he, he, I, I think he's, he's having sleepless nights. Uh, it's, it's not fair, though. 
on, I don't think it's fair on Musi. Uh, well, we all know that they are saying they are taking collective responsibility, but at the end of the day, he was, you know, the leader, he's the head. Mm. It's not fair to cut off the head just because they suffered in these elections because I feel like the whole DA campaign was a mess and I don't think Musi had to say in each and every, you know, province that this is what we should say, this is how we should conduct uh, our our <clears throat> campaign our, our campaign our campaign uh the da i i think they just need to go back to basics understand what they are trying to sell to south africa perhaps stick to their ideologies and try to project a honest you know account of what ADA government would look like because there is no Zuma anymore. Uh, they are not going to use anti-corruption in this and this anymore. The people of South Africa have continuously voted for the ANC despite a whole lot of, of corruption scandals. So it's it's not working. It's not working for them. It's not Musi. I don't think it's Musi's fault. I think it's the whole of the party that's the problem. But <laughs> main problem with the DA, the DA uh, Coming into these elections, and uh, that is a consequence. Uh, I mean, the results are just a consequence of what I'm, I'm about to say. Has suffered the biggest identity crisis in its history. The DA no longer knows uh, itself. I, I think whatever strategy that they came with, because the DA, I think in 2014, to be honest, they reached their limit in terms of their traditional constituents of the people that ought to have voted uh, for them. And in, in trying to open that up, because they knew that beyond that, they, they can't grow any further. And then they found themselves having to either satisfy their traditional voter or to, you know, satisfy the, the voter that they're trying to do, which is mainly uh, the black vote, if I may put it that way. And and that seems to have seriously backfired uh, this time around. And I don't know uh, what the DA is going to do uh, going forward, but they need to do some serious soul searching and, and really decide on what they are. I mean, the, in, in the past five years or so, they haven't really had an identity. It's been a touch and go. Yeah, we are either this or that. That's, yeah, that's why the traditional uh, voters have left for, yeah, them for the other weird party. And you see, they, <laughs> we're not, those we're people... not going to name them. No, the people <laughs> who left the DA voted for Freedom Front Plus. And the basis for that is what? Is that the Freedom Front Plus has got an identity and they are not willing to compromise, come yeah. what may. Yes, the DA can paint them nationalists all they want, but at least it's better to stand for something than to stand on top of the fence because you will fall either way <laughs> and you won't like it when you fall. <laughs> but the thing about what the DA did in terms of, 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 of moving away from its sort of core values or whatever was an effort to grow the party because how then do you how then do you grow when your ideas only appeal to a minority? But the thing is, should they even grow? But should they be satisfied with where they are? You see, that's the that's the argument. Because freedom against Plus Muslim. will be satisfied with where they yeah. are. But the, the, what you are saying is, is correct. So um, there, there's been this uh, thinking in the party based on um, who you talk to that, okay, Musi won the day when the party adopted that policy on diversity and so on and so on, and there has been that uh, argument that they had a big 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 argument that uh, claimed uh, the 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 head of policy the Gwen Gwenya, a very uh, young and upcoming uh, <laughs> uh, 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 policy maker if, if you would call so 
those, those, those discussions hurt the party a lot. Um, you had people who, who, who felt that uh, the, the, the core liberal principles of the DA, the party was moving away from. Mm. But you had um, other members of the DA who would tell you, hey, chief, when I, was, uh, when I joined the DA, no one asked whether I'm a liberal or not. And then you had those people saying, but in the African context, context what does liberalism mean? So are you going to start um, from nowhere and uh, disregard the past of what Africa uh, has uh, experienced as a continent and also South Africa? So when you are talking about the identity of the party, I think that's the, the main crisis. You mm -hmm. have uh, these uh, liberals uh, who believe in that uh, what liberalism means uh, in the traditional sense and these ones who are saying about Historically, this is what we have experienced. We are espoused uh, to liberal values and whatnot, but this is where we have to start. And then when we fix this and this and that, and others then feel that you are playing into identity and into race politics. Hence, so that's a big crisis that they are having based on this. Hence you had some people in the DA saying that uh, these ones are trying to make the DA some sort of an ANC. You know? <laughs> so whether or not that is the truth, uh, it's neither here nor there because it's not a matter of facts that you that or, or something that is tangible. It's a matter of what you believe uh, as, as a politician. Now, for a party that is government to two, three of our biggest metros, uh, a province in the Western Cape, one of the most important provinces, you can't afford to just go on and go on about ideology. You have to find ways where you can implement. So that's their biggest challenge. If they were having this crisis before they even got into government, it would have been better for them. But now that they are in government, um, it, it, it's a problem for them because you can either lose or gain voters based on uh, the service that you deliver. But guys, unfortunately, that is all we have time for this week. I think just looking forward from where we're going now with off elections, um, towards the 20th of May, we're going to have the swearing-in of MPs of the National Assembly and the election of the presiding officers and the president. Um, we're going to have the NCOP swearing, the NCOP swearing in on the 23rd of May. And then on the 25th is the inauguration of the president and parliament will be opening very shortly after that. So we've still got a busy time ahead of us as politics journalists. Um, still a lot more to go on. Um, a lot of more shenanigans in the ANC that we're looking forward to as well in the lead up to all of this. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we'll be back same time next week. You can follow us on hashtag STPoliticsWeekly on Twitter or you can find us on the Times Live website under the Opinions and Analysis section. Guys, thank you so much for joining me in studio today. We'll catch you again next week. Thank sure. you, Emil.